0: We need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be a father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion. And I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Linscott. Hey everybody, welcome to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. I'm so grateful that you're joining me today. Uh, I look forward to the talk that we're going to have. But before we get into it, I'd ask that you do a couple things. Number one, uh, hit the subscribe button there on whatever platform you're listening to. That way, when we drop a new uh, podcast, that you'll be sure to get it. Also, if you would do me a favor and leave a comment or a review, this always helps us know how the content is helping people. Is it adding value to people? Uh, And what does this do to benefit your leadership? And third, Uh, which I think is probably the most important, is if this adds value to you, share this with people around you. Share it with some of your leaders, share it with some of your uh, managers, share it with some of your friends and family that you believe this type of stuff could add value to their life. Again, I'm so grateful that you're here with me today, spending a few moments of time about leadership. Again, it's the Anointed Leadership Podcast where we're asking God's supernatural to get on our natural to be able to accomplish everything he's called us to do. Uh, And today we're going to talk about moving from management to leadership, moving out of a management style leadership into true leadership style of leadership. Uh, and I'm going to talk from this place of uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. I look at this, this is probably one of the greatest vision verses in all of the Bible, but when you study this out and you look at it, it's where there's no future sight, not necessarily what I see in front of me but the word vision is future tense. It's out in front of me. The people cast off restraint, which means if I have no idea where I'm going, I just give up. I throw in the towel. It's not a big deal to me. There's no hope. There's no real future. It's not pretty. It's not bright, but happy is he who keeps what God says about the future. I want to challenge you today. Uh, I've been in the ministry now 29 years, since 1992, and uh, watched many pastors over the years, many leaders, many managers, many uh, five-fold ministry people, uh, department heads, team leaders, however you want to call it. Uh, and, and before I get into it, let me just say this. What I'm going to talk about today is really going to hit to more local churches, pastors, and leadership. But I believe the things that we're going to talk about over the next two sessions with together uh, is really going to help any level of business. So if I talk, it sounds like I'm talking about a church or a pastor, I'm really talking about leaders and organizations. And so apply it to your walk of life. To apply it to your profession. I'm just speaking from my profession that i have in and I've been in for 29 years. But back to the, what my story was. Looking at management versus leadership uh, and been in the ministry for 29 years, I see a lot of people that are in positions of leadership but have no leadership capability or they're not possessing what looks like a leader. They look more like a manager. I've heard pastors over 29 years uh, of watching pastors come and go, churches start and fail, uh, pastors step in and get tired and exhausted and step away, churches hiring new pastors. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, why does this happen? And the reality of this is the pressure of a pastor to lead who doesn't know how to lead or doesn't understand what leadership looks like. And I want, I'm want, i hoping today that I can help people that are in a leadership position that are filling the managerial style, move out of that and create growth, a a culture of growth exponentially by moving away from management and into leadership. Leadership is a key component to what Jesus Christ did. We find that Jesus went to his disciples and said, come and follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. If there's no follower, then there's no making in their life. Anybody will work for a paycheck. But everybody will give their life to somebody that they believe in and that the mission that they're challenging, they really believe in it. Well, how do you get somebody to believe in it? You add value to their life, which is interesting about Jesus. I'm just talking about leadership versus management. Jesus, when he talked to the the disciples and the people around him and he said, you got to eat of my body and drink of my blood, many people didn't like that. And so they left him hundreds and hundreds of people left him in this one conversation. But he looked to his 12 and he said, are you going to leave me as well? This is what I'm talking about. Leadership versus management. The disciples looked at him and says, who else would we follow? In other words, you've added so much value to our life. We know what you possess. We know what you have to offer us. Why would we follow anybody else? Leaders have great followers. Managers have good workers. There's a difference here. And and as pastors, we're not just called to preach from the pulpit. We're called to lead people. Jesus used the analogy. He says, it's like the blind leading the blind. Here's what we do as pastors. We lead people into green pastures, and we lead people into bright futures. It's leading. It's not forcing. It's not making. It's leading people. And I want to challenge you today. Maybe you are in this position, whether you're a a business owner, you're a pastor, you're a leader, whatever that is, positionally, but yet your style is more managerial. And we're going to break them down here in just a minute. I want to challenge you to move away from being the manager the day-to-day operations, and into a leadership where people want to follow you. And I guarantee you, when you have a leadership-style headship, people will flock to you. People will follow you. They'll trust you because you add value to their life, and you're allowing them to stretch and grow in their gifts. Let's jump into it today. It's a two-part series uh, about how do you move from leadership or management into leadership. Let me break down the two first. Let's, Let's identify manager. Versus leader. First of all, management consists of controlling a group of people or a set of entities to accomplish a goal. That that there. It's all about the control. It's about making sure everybody's doing everything they're supposed to do and uh, and observing it and thumb printing it. You know, managers work in the present. They're working for today. Managers have people that will work for them. That it's what you can do for me, and this is what managers have. They are task oriented and they are the bottom line is completely important to them. Nothing else matters to them but the bottom line, the task or the goal that is in the present moment of our time. We've got to deal with today. I know tomorrow exists, but I got to deal with today. Leaders that what happens to this this reverse, refers to individuals uh, that have ability to influence, motivate, and enable others to contribute toward the organizational success. Success. In other words, I'm influencing you. I'm motivating you. I'm in- enabling you, empowering you to help us become successful in whatever we're supposed to be doing. If it's a church, we're touching people, changing lives at Abundant Life Church. And my job isn't to manage the day-to-day operations. My job is to enable, influence, motivate and empower people to be successful in changing people for Jesus Christ. Not making sure everybody's doing their everyday job. Now, there's a part of that. But leadership is more about empowering and influencing and enabling them. Leaders are working for the future. They're not working for today's bottom line. They're looking in advance. They're way out there. Jesus taught us about leadership. He talked about the day we're living in today 2,000-some years ago to his disciples, he wasn't dealing with just the day. He was talking about today, and he he worked for the future. Leaders don't have people working for them. They have people following them. Following doesn't mean slavery and in bondage. Following means I'm choosing to be around you because of what you add to me. This is what we find with the disciples and we find it in any successful church is people following a good leader that why because they count the value they add value they are people oriented they don't count, they don't they, they 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 don't they count the value in a person not the value of the task and this is the difference in it so we have manager who's all about the day and a leader who's about tomorrow we have managers who have people work for them and we have leaders who have people that will follow them i really believe this people will work for a paycheck but they will give their life for a mission they believe in as well as a leader that believes in them. And I really believe that when we understand this whole idea of how do we shift from managerial style to leadership style, I know there are people out there today pastors, uh, team leaders, uh, church leaders, business leaders that you know that management is necessary, and I do too. But the thing is, is my role as the senior pastor today is not the manager. I was a manager. But now I'm the leader and I shifted the, the, the position when I took over the church as the senior pastor, the visionary, the one that drives the captain of the ship, if you will, directing the future, not the moment of everyday moments. And we have to realize that people are working for paychecks and you've got people around you that are obligated and they're checking the boxes of, uh, I'm talking to pastors today, they're checking the boxes because it's managerial. People aren't truly following us if we're constantly got our thumbprint on them. We're forcing them to do something. When we release the thumbprint, the pressure of of have to, and give them the opportunity to want to, then we find this greater level of exponential growth around us in attitudes. The culture around us is greater. The, The people's excitement is greater because leaders are leading and not managerial pressurizing people there. The influence, the difference between manager and leader, let's talk about it just real quick, then we're going to unpackage how do I do this? Because I think that's the important pro- process into in the next couple of talks. Number one, influence and inspiration separate leaders from managers. Influence and inf- inspiration separate a leader from a manager, not power and control. I've watched so many, and, and if again, I'm a, I'm a senior pastor, I was an associate pastor, a youth minister, uh, so I've come through the ranks of church 29 years, and I am not belittling one pastor today. I hope that as you're listening, if you're not the pastor, you're not beating your pastor up. Uh, I, I just have watched the success of certain pastors in my life, and how they've been successful is because they never managed, they led. And the pastors that are unsuccessful is because they don't know how to lead, but they're to manage and, and they're managing. And, and it's hard for people to follow a manager because that's not what managers do. That's not the attributes of a manager. It's, I don't follow you. I work for you. I follow a leader. And influence and inspiration is the key that separates it because most, most people in leadership positions are want control and power because they have a position, they have a title, they want people to follow them because of the position they hold, but that's not what separates the two. It's it's inspiration and influence. I'm challenging you today, shift from control to inspiration, shift from power to influence, become a great influencer to people around you and watch the success of your ministry grow, the success of your business grow. My pastor, uh, I was in a meeting with him uh, not too long ago, and he made a statement, and, and it was a, a, a pastor's or minister's meeting, le- senior pastors and leaders, and he said it's time that the pastors of churches start leading, and, and, and start leading people to the cross, start leading people to greener pastures." And, and he kept saying, it's time to lead, it's time to lead, it's time to lead. Well, here I am sitting in my mind thinking, yes, we've, we should be leading, and we got to lead, I got a chance to ask him a question and he, I asked him, I said, do you see more pastors leading or managing in, in today's society? And his statement kind of shocked me to some degree, but basically what he told me is nine out of 10 pastors don't know how to lead. And I and this is a past, my pastor pastors thousands, and he meets with thousands of pastors. And when he's talking, I'm talking about globally, and when he said that to me, it kind of struck a nerve in my heart. It's like, why why don't we lead? what is stopping us from leading? what's hesitating causing people to hesitate to lead in this generation and and I come up with three things now this is twenty nine years of experience of watching of being with my pastors, watching my past my senior pastor today, Dr. Barclay, my pastor Jimmy and Marty Squires, with other pastors in my community that have come and gone all kinds of things. So this is the three takeaways why I feel most people in leadership positions don't lead, but manage. The first one is this trust. This is what we don't trust. Trust is earned and it's not given. We have a hard time trusting other people to do things. We have a hard time trusting that they've caught the vision rather than they've been taught the vision. We have a hard time trusting that people will accomplish the task because they have a little they have lack of ownership uh, uh, characteristics or ownership attributes we have a hard time trusting and here's the reason why I believe especially for pastors is they've been divorced by so many people in the past they're hanging that divorce over everybody else's life they it's trust is earned and when you've been divorced, or I, you should say that people have just left them. They went to another church. They got mad. They got irritated. They got upset with something you said. It's it's a divorce, and and that's what it feels like from the pastoral side a standpoint. It, understanding that you give everything you can to people, they're giving things to you. We're chasing after a vision. We're doing this thing for Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden, somebody gets hurt. Somebody gets upset. Somebody gets offended and they just leave. It separates. Well, it's, that's a divorce feeling. It's hard to trust other people when you've been hurt by others. And we're hanging that, that hurt over somebody else's life. We're in fear of losing people, which is why we don't trust people to do what, what God's called them to do with us. And, and that's go after the vision. My job as a, a leader is to trust people. And we have a hard time of trusting One of the last thoughts about trusting is our reputation is at stake. You know, as a parent, you know, every decision when my kids were younger, I was conscious about every decision my children made. Why? Because it reflected me. And I thought that their decisions were my reputation. And the reality is what they did had nothing to do with me. It was their decisions. But we take that burden. And as a pastor or a leader, what we find is we're taking on the burden of everybody else's actions. And we feel like it's ruining our reputation. There might be a part true to that, but the reality is that is is causing a lack of trust towards the people that are really wanting to follow us. The second thing is we have trust, which is why we don't. We have trust issues. The second thing is we have control issues. Any control freaks out there? Yeah, you want to have control of everything. You want the final say. You've got to approve everything. This is the control Freak, if you will, this is a person that struggles with releasing and relinquishing some control. This is why we don't lead, why we would rather manage is because we have a problem of of control. Uh, most people, um, in a leadership position feel like their vision is their vision. I'm going to talk about this in in a couple more episodes, but your vision this is this is like a uh, uh, an uh, like an alert, a ticker alert on the bottom of a screen. It's not your vision. It's not my vision. Abundant Life Church vision isn't Terry Scott's It's not Jimmy Squire's or Marty Squire's. It is God's vision given to a man. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision down. The vision. Not your vision. The vision. The vision. God's vision. So we have this problem that we feel like it, it's ours. We have to do it. And, and it's our responsibility. no. It's the he- reader's responsibility to run with it. It's my job to write it down, but we have this control factor that we're sticking our thumb on somebody else's life because it doesn't belong to them. That's not what Habakkuk says. This is the reader who re- the the reader who reads it let them run with it. Ownership. We got this control factor. Leaders won't relinquish control because they really don't know who they are. This is the biggest one. I found it in my life as I had to identify I'm Terry Linscott, the senior pastor, the visionary now of Abundant Life Church. I am the one that is running with the vision, and my job is to oversee the vision and lead the future of it in the direction of our ship. It's not my job to do all of the work, but what happens is we won't we won't relinquish that control to somebody else because we don't know really know who we are. We think that we're the only ones that can do it. Where you think that we're the only ones that have the, 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 the capabilities to accomplish the task, and that's not our job. As pastors, that's not our job. Our job is to lead people, is to point a direction, is to get the future, is hear God for what God wants to do the ne- in six months from now, not what he wants to do today. We should be painting the picture of today six months ago. Amen. And uh, also, the, this is the thing is when I'm in control, it defines who I am. not not the Not the leadership position, but the control defines it in my heart it defines it not to somebody else so why don't you because we don't trust we are in con- we're we're control freaks and the third one is we're afraid of transparency we're afraid that people can see right through us they see our weaknesses they see our faults we're afraid to show those things i've watched leaders completely afraid to acknowledge i have a fault i have a weakness i have a struggle i have an addiction i have a problem and and this is a hindrance to to Uh, leading people rather than managing people. If I manage you and I keep my thumb on you, then I don't have to show you my faults. I'm always pointing out your faults. I don't have to uh, let you know that I do have some weaknesses. I'm always reminding you of your weaknesses. This is a problem why people won't move from management to leadership. We have a problem with control. We have a problem with trust. And we have a problem with a lack of transparency. So how do we? How do we move? How do maybe you fit one of those three things? And if you do, this is this talks for you today. This is gonna help you. It's helped me in my life, and this is where I'm at today. How how do I move from management to leadership? You know, when my pastor made that statement, my first thought was how How do we do this? What is the 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 steps to becoming a leader and not a manager? By the way, we need managers. And I have them in my ministry. I have people that manage the day-to-day operations. I have people that manage different departments, and we need those people. And those people are leadership positions, but they run the position as a manager. Hey, senior leaders, you got to be leaders, not managers. You got to trust people. How do you do that? Number 1, you got to change your perspective. You got to take those three things from trust, control, and transparency and change your perspective about them. And we got to realize that. What is that perspective? Management style counts value. Leadership creates value. Managers count value. It's all about the bottom line. Leaders create value. They're influencing and inspiring people to be better versions of themselves than they were today, tomorrow. Leadership style is more focused on the individual. But the management is, is more in, 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 interested in the project or their goal or the bottom line or whatever that looks like. And so we got to move that. How do you do that? That's a great question. And so I'm going to give you three points here. And and then next time, next, next drop, we're going to review this. But I'm going to give you the final three points of how do you move from management to to leadership, this is what Terry Lenscott learned. This is how I'm shifting my ministry. I'm not perfecting it, but I'm I'm working at it. And our ministry is growing. I got a lot of people following me. They want to follow me. They want to do what I'm doing uh, in the ministry. They're running with the vision, and our ministry is flourishing. And I can attribute it to one thing: leadership versus management. And so let's look at, let's dive into these. Let's unpack them. Let me just read all six and we're going to drop through the first three today. Personal development is number one. You got to develop yourself. Number two, learning the art of delegation. Number three, be comfortable with transparency. Number four, learn the art of casting vision. Five, learn the art of coaching. And six, start inspiring and empowering people. Notice this is all about learning things. Leaders never stop learning. We're constantly evolving in our understanding and in our knowledge. We've got to consistently learn things. And so let's jump into it today. The first three. Number one, personal development. One of my good mentors is Craig Groeschel. If you've ever heard of his podcast, great leadership podcast, he makes a statement Everyone gets better when the leader gets better. Now, that that to me speaks volumes because that's personal development. You've got to accept you know, who you are without a title. You've got to accept what what God's called you to do, the anointing on your life, and you've got to work after it. I remember David in the Bible, it said he was a skillful harp player, but he was also a little shepherd boy and watching the sheep. But he was a skillful uh, harp player, and he played the harp, and the demons left uh, Saul back then. The skillful is the key. You gotta know who you are without a title. It's who are you individually? And you gotta work on that person. I don't gotta work on the position. I gotta work on me. I'm the one that is running with the the call. I'm running with the anointing. I'm running with and if I'm not developing myself, then I'm in trouble. I'm hurting the position. You gotta focus on your skills. You gotta sharpen them. You gotta you gotta get out and you gotta file some things off, some rough things. You gotta figure out how to trust. You got to figure out how to let go of control. You got to de- beat anxiety. You got to beat the idea that you always got to correct everything. This is personal development, these are the things. That we all, we hate losing control as individuals, but we got to relinquish it. Well, how do you do it? Personal development. You got to invest in your life. You got to be willing to beat your body, like Paul said, and and knock off the hard parts and the rough parts and make it subject to the word of God. You got to invest, watch this, in, in yourself and in your imbi- ability to I- empower and influence and inspire other people. That's personal development. How do you do it? And you can't just do what I do. You can't do it the way I do it. Just because I do it away doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It's how I have developed personally. I've got to constantly be growing. I've got to. I've got to constantly have a character that's worth following. You know, you've got to sharpen yourself. You got. That means the Bible says it's spirit, soul, and body. You've got to deal with your spirit, man. You got to deal with prayer. You got to deal with studying the Word. You got to get your life right in worship. You got to get your uh, soulish realm. That means I'm thinking. I'm. I'm going through thoughts. I'm reading books. I'm constantly working on myself. I'm listening to other leaders. And then thirdly, your body, you gotta be intentional with exercise. You gotta take care of yourself. People don't follow unhealthy leaders. I'm just telling you. They it's hard to follow somebody completely unhealthy because you have no personal disciplines. In my opinion, have you have no personal disciplines in your life that's evident just based on the way we Look, and I know that might be harsh, but the reality is, personal development is the first way you move away from management to leadership. People gotta want to follow you; they got to want to follow you, not have to follow you. The second thing I did in episode ten was the it was about delegating. Just want to hit it today: the learn the art of delegation. Learn it. You can't just delegate. You got to know what delegation looks like. Delegation is not just assign a task. Delegation is much deeper than that. There's many more uh, things about delegation than just say, hey, go do this. That's part of it. But delegation carries greater weight. Delegation is empowering, in my opinion, is empowering people to, to succeed. It's also empowering people to fail. It's empowering people to be recognized and to be promoted and to be celebrated. It's, it's empowering people to make decisions on how to accomplish a thing. Leaders, listen, let me help you with this. Leaders don't talk about the how. Leaders talk about the what and the when and the where. Or maybe it's just the what and the when. And then the managers go where and how. And I've learned that in my life. It's the delegation is I don't need to tell you how around our staff. Uh, it just happened the other day. Uh, we were talking about some of our crusades that were starting and we're doing a baptismal and, and, uh, they, they told me they were buying a baptismal or they had already bought one. And, uh, they said, unless you want uh, a different one. And I, and, and, and they said, they, the next statement was, what are your thoughts? My response was, I don't have a thought. And it was interesting because the others <laughs> in the office started laughing. And my thing is, is I'm not thinking about how. All I'm thinking about is we're doing a crusade. We're going to do a baptism. That's what we're doing. I'm not, I don't care how, I don't even care where. I just need to know when, because that's the direction of future and what, but I don't need the house, but delegation. And when we don't learn that art of saying, I don't have thoughts about the how I don't want to think about the how I don't, I don't care about where we're doing it. I just, this is when we're doing it. And this is what we're doing. You go figure that out. That's delegation. But also this is where you begin to focus on what only you can do, the vision, the direction, captaining the ship. Nobody else should be doing that for your life. That's what delegation is, is when you're not just assigning tasks and checking up on them, but you're assigning a task. You quit thinking about it, and you only do what you can do, the vision, the direction, and leadership, em- empowering influencing and inspiring people to carry out the vision that God has given you for the people, not for yourself, right? Delegation is, you know, this is true growth happens when the leader empowers others and develops new skills. That's where true growth happens. I'm telling you, in our ministry, growth has happened because of delegation, the proper delegation, which is this, I'm willing to celebrate their victories, but I'm also willing to stand up and take the responsibility for the failure without publicly disgracing them, without publicly correcting them, but we'll do that in private. Jesus taught us this thing about delegation. He went up to the mount- on the mountain with James, John, and uh, Peter, came down, and then the other disciples could not cast out the demon, and he dealt with the demon, walked away privately, dealt with what happened. He didn't do it publicly. He just dealt with it. They, they accused the disciples. He never even acknowledged the accusation. He just dealt with what he needed to, walked away. That's delegation. I'm accepting your failure together, all of us together. I'm also going to celebrate with you when it all works. That's delegation. Go back and listen to ep- episode 10 on delegation because it really, I believe, would help us. And the last one is, for today, is be comfortable with transparency. You've got to be willing to let your weaknesses to be seen. We we, we got to allow people to see us in our weak places. They they got to see our faults. They've got to see what we struggle with. We don't have it all together as the leader. We're not perfect. We've got problems. We got issues, and we got to be willing to do this. We got to recognize we don't have all the answers. So we need them to tell us. We need we don't we don't need to tell everybody everything. We hired people. Not just to do a job, but to influence and inspire and cause people to become better versions of themselves, right? We've got to realize that we got to remove the closed door. Meeting mentality. This is part of transparency. This is how you do it. You stop acting like there's only certain things that can be dealt with in private, and then there's things in in public. We're not giving the fullness of the vision. We're not giving the fullness of why we need certain things done. We're giving bits and pieces to certain people when we need to become transparent to the whole team and say this is why we've got to do this, and you guys go and do it. Don't just give them a half. Of the, of the pie, and expect them to enjoy the whole thing. No, they're only going to get to enjoy what little bit they get. Become transparent. Here's the last thing with transparency. It brings intimate relationship inside the team. To me, it when your team is more intimate, not just about the job, but about together, everything being out in the open, it creates this, this cohesion, it, great team chemistry, and you start seeing people flourish and and just develop in a great way. Last thing on transparency, get to be in, be interested in the individual, not just the work they do. This is what this is how you move. Managers don't really care about the people, they care about the work. Leaders care about the people, not know so much about the work. We're more interested in relationship than we are the job. And when you do that, you feel this trust that gets to be built on the inside of you, and when you delegate, you trust them to do it even when they mess up. You don't hold it over their head. Listen, we're moving from management to leadership. In these last days, my pastor said it, and he said you got to start leading. I want to help you today. Maybe this is where you are. You're a team lead. You're a department head, and you're struggling with leadership. You're a pastor. You're a business owner, and you and you find yourself more managing, not leading. I want to challenge you. Start doing some of this. Deal with your personal development. Get some consistency about business individual disciplines about your life, learn the art of delegation. And again, episode 10 talked about delegation. And then the third one today is be comfortable with transparency. Hey, I I hope this is helping you because I know that many of us struggle with leadership and how, and this is my opinion, one of the quickest ways that we start doing some of these things. It'll move us from management to leadership. And uh, I hope I'm blessing you today. And we're going to finish this in a couple of weeks when we drop episode 18. It'll be part two of this. We're going to talk about the art of casting vision, the art of coaching, and start inspiring. How do you do that? And we're going to break those two, three things down in a couple of weeks. Again, thank you for joining me. I'm Terry Linscott. This is the Anointed Leadership Podcast. And until next time, go and do all that God has called you to do in Jesus' mighty name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.